and welcome back to the Barron Alumni Podcast Series, a series dedicated to showcasing the journeys and experiences of Barron alumni and former educators, featuring your host, Linda McCunda. This episode has been brought to you by Tom Kozier at WJMC, WAQE, and Fox 991 Radio out of Rice Lake, Northwest Wisconsin's most listened to local radio stations. You can give them a call at 715-234-2131 or visit their websites at wjmcradio.com, waqe.com, and fox99.com. So sitting with me today is Barron High School alumni Mark Halberg. So welcome and thank you for coming and meeting with me today so we can interview you. Thanks for having me on. So I had the pleasure of meeting you in my office when you transferred Barron High School. I think it was the beginning of your sophomore year. And today I just want you to share your journey so we can hear about your path that you took since you walked the halls of Barron High School. So Mark, can you first just share what year you graduated and a little bit about your high school days? So 2004, I graduated. I moved to Barron my sophomore year in high school. So our family was living in Islamabad, Pakistan, and my dad took a job with the school district. So we moved in my sophomore year of high school and I did 10th, 11th, and 12th grade in Barron. And um, when I think back to Barron High School, I think about the people more than any, you know, my high school friends and the people that I met there. So. I had developed a lot of good relationships, especially being a new person coming into a community like that. I'd met some good friends. And then some of the most memorable things was the Somalian people that I played soccer with. And those relationships that I built with them are some of the best memories I had. We had a student teacher by the name of Sarah. I don't remember her maiden name, but she's now Sarah Stoner. And she came to and student taught probably in the late 90s and big soccer player. And she asked me at that time, you know, would Bear never have soccer? I was like, mm, I don't think so. And then along comes your dad, who was our superintendent, and we started a soccer program. And I remember your mom was working for like the city, correct? His mom and dad are here. They can say maybe a few words too. But Monty, do you remember the year we really got soccer going in Barron? 2002. 2002. And soccer's here to stay. I mean, it's very popular and all that. And so then, did you have a soccer team? You played tennis maybe your first year? So my first year, I played American football. And I don't know if Josh Baltz is going to hear this, but Josh played football at Madison. And I remember I tried to tackle Josh one time in practice, and (laughs) he gave me a good old stiff arm, like right to my head. And I thought, man, this, this this sport's not for me. Although, like, I played a lot of soccer growing up internationally, so when we got soccer, it was the right move, and we ended up having some really good teams. But I do remember when we first started playing with people from different cultures, not a lot of Somalians were in the area, you know, and so we had some issues with other teams and harassing a bit, you know, guy would get kicked down and they would stand over him or be show unsportsmanlike behavior and you know where I grew up in third culture kid like I didn't see those things and he was my teammate so I remember a couple times early when that happened I stood up for my teammate and I probably overstepped boundaries that I, I, I wish I wouldn't have but I I showed that I cared about my teammate the next time that happened another teammate stood up for him and it slowly integrated the community which I thought was actually kind of interesting so behind the scenes it kind of reminds me of the movie like remember the titans yes and it's like how sports united people Mm -hmm. from different backgrounds and i think that's really cool especially in northwest rural wisconsin yes any given day you can drive through that city and there's someone playing soccer all the time there's kids out there always kicking a ball around so what were some of the other special moments i know you played basketball and baseball 
Yeah, our teams were really good, our baseball teams in particular. So we had a chance to go to the state tournament twice in baseball. Those are special memories. Basketball, we transitioned. We had got a new coach, and we were struggling the first couple of years. And then our senior year, we ended up doing pretty well. Soccer, also, we made a big push. So athletically, we had, had a lot of good teams and stuff like that. And at that time in my life, that was, you know, something that drove me, like, you know that is I wasn't as focused on academics as I probably should have been. I wasn't a terrible student, but my priority was like sports, you know, sure. that was my passion. Mm -hmm. That's probably something we might get to later, like, you know, what could you do differently? And I think just taking the academics a bit more seriously. And I don't know if taking it more seriously, but trying to um, connect learning concepts to real world applications using my own creativity to dive into different subjects a little bit deeper than maybe what the teacher was teaching. And so I think that's one thing that I would probably do differently is just read more and then take my academics sure. mm -hmm. a little bit more seriously. But I, I mean, a lot of my memories are about sports and about people because that's what I was really passionate about at that time. And then I think, you know, just the autonomy some teachers would give you, like the trust and the relationships with some teachers. I remember Mr. Aronson is somebody that comes to mind who just built a lot of trust and autonomy with his students to hit learning outcomes in a unique way where other people maybe held you more accountable or, or kind of held your hand a bit more towards learning outcomes. So it just it was just a different style for different people. So those are some of my memories. Cool. I know you had the bubble as far as like 2003, 2004, 2005. That was our largest classes. You had a lot of kids in your class that were, you know, really involved in athletics, so you were a great asset. And I do remember when we announced your scholarship your senior year that you got your classmates really cheering loudly for you because they really appreciated you coming because you were such a great asset to the team and tons and tons of success with all those teams. And then I know when you graduated, trying to decide, because of course baseball is a spring sport, of where you're going to go. I remember you being really busy that summer because you had a couple of all-star games. Yeah, so I was fortunate that I, I had an opportunity to play three different sports in college, soccer, Division three basketball, and then baseball. And um, with where we're located in Northwest Wisconsin, exposure is a challenge for a lot of athletes. And so in baseball in particular, it's late, you know, when they select their players. So it wasn't until after the season finished that I got offered a Division One opportunity. I had some Division Three opportunities earlier, and I, I just, for whatever reason, I wanted to challenge myself to go somewhere else. So I do remember being a little bit stressed out. I remember the uncertainty of where you're going to go next. Still at this time, my priority was sports. Like my passion was, you know, and I, I, tell, I share this with uh, students now. Like when I was six years old watching the 1991 World Series, Kirby Puckett, the Minnesota Twins, beat the Atlanta Braves. And we woke up early in Saudi Arabia to watch these games. And that's kind of my first memory of where my passion started. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I remember that's what I want to do and be one day. Sure. But I never told anybody that. And you go through your, your journey and you start to play sports, but that was my motivation, right? And so, like, even when I graduated high school, like, inside of me, I wanted to do that. that. That never left. I wanted to be a major leaguer, right? That was my dream. That was my passion. So when I graduated high school, I was trying to look for opportunities where I could continue to pursue that passion. Sure. Where if I could go back, maybe I would have connected some academics 
along with the sport. Mm -hmm. So I graduated high school and I'm looking at these opportunities and sports was the reason why I was going to choose wherever I was going to go. It wasn't the academics. Mm -hmm. So I basically chose Illinois Chicago because it was the biggest opportunity for me to continue my passion of sport more than the academics itself. And if I could go back, I would try to find a place where they could coexist, those two sure. strategies. And that's the advice I give young people, like go after mm -hmm. things they're passionate about, but also have a plan in place, you know, for academics and coexistence mm -hmm. with your passions. Sure. Do I remember right that you owned the state record for a while for goals for soccer? I think so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, the first of all i think you think about all your teammates like when you yeah. have a record like that because yeah you score the goals but a lot of those goals came because sure. other people's efforts so, yeah. and um also our coach to realize like in a team concept and you have somebody who's talented like that to focus on team concepts but also recognize maybe there's somebody with elite skills in this team mm -hmm. and to try to get more out of more production out of that person and so I feel like even just going to some local high school games now, you'll see somebody with elite talent, but they have such a team concept that they don't let that talent shine. And I think the good coaches can, can identify sure. that talent, teach the team concepts, but then also bring the, the true, like get the true talent out of that person. Mm -hmm. um, so Franklin Scott was our, was our mm -hmm. soccer coach. And I remember in the playoffs or in big time, it was the first time that he just publicly said to our team, in this moment, get Mark the ball. You know, I kind of was taken back because I always wanted to include team, but it gave me the confidence to be like, he's the best player on the field, get him the ball. And all the teammates around me looked at me and were like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let's get him the ball. Sure. Mm -hmm. And they, they said it was true because it made our whole team better. Right. And they knew that I knew that. So I think it took a coach like that that believed in me that I could do special things like that. And so when you get back to the goal record, like, yeah, that, that was cool. And I just wanted to win, right? Like, so those goals helped us, mm -hmm. you know, win a lot of games. And I never thought, like, uh, oh, I have the record. I just thought, boy, we scored a lot of goals for our team. And you're one of the few Baron athletes, too, that played in all three all-star games. And I remember you trying to make a decision on college, me thinking, well, he's probably not going to play in these all-star games because he's going to be doing that. And you were like, no, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I, I played down at soccer down in Milwaukee. That was a good experience because I, the speed at which those players were playing with showed me like the athleticism of those Division One athletes just opened my eyes a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, humbled me. Uh, the basketball was great as well. Uh, I played that down, I forget, in Eau Claire area, I think. And then the baseball was cool too because you get to share that that recognition with elite sure. talent so yeah. humbling uh cool experience and i think another question i get a lot is when do when should i specialize in a sport right and my advice to young athletes is don't you know be a multi-sport athlete there's transferable skills there's skills that help me in you know soccer to basketball to baseball and i think that's one of the issues today is people are trying to get a scholarship so quickly that they specialize so early in life and I think they should play multiple sports and expose themselves to multiple things and I hope whoever is listening to this understands that transferable skills. We did a study at River Falls High School when I was coaching. We had like 15 players go play college baseball when I was there and I think all but one of them were multi-sport athletes. Like the probability of you becoming a college athlete is much higher 
when you do multiple things. It is. Yes, I completely agree. Right now, you know, we have a lot of kids that are three sport athletes and they also don't have as many injuries because they're using different muscles mm -hmm. and not just always focusing on, you know, certain skills that are maybe wearing that down. So I completely agree with you. All right. To expand on the subject, can you share some insight into your career journey? You know, what led you to the point where you are right now? We know you went to college. I know you transferred. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that, your transfer, and then what you're doing right now with your career path. Yeah, so I, I talked a little bit about where my passion and my dream started when I was younger. I went to Illinois Chicago on a baseball scholarship, played there for two years. Halfway through my sophomore year, I realized like, okay, I might make my dream or passion, but I might not. And like, what's coming next after this, this part of my life? And teaching and education was something that my parents did. I was around it a lot. So I felt like that's something maybe I wanted to do. At that time, I was going to be a math teacher and I just didn't connect well with it. It wasn't something that I enjoyed. So I remember talking to my dad halfway through my sophomore year saying like, look, I want to transfer or find a school where I can do both baseball and academics. I wanted to be active. So physical education came to mind and not math. And the problem was I had a really significant spot in the team that I was in in Illinois, Chicago, right? It was a captain of the team. I was playing every day since my freshman year. So just to leave the team like that from the outside, I was like, why would you do that? You have all the opportunities right in front of you. I think for me, I just, my perspective got a little bit more holistic. So I had to call, it was a really difficult decision actually. I had to call our coach and tell him, I, I wanna transfer and I wanna find a place where I can do academics and baseball at the highest level. And first of all, thank you for this mm -hmm. opportunity, but what's next? And that was a hard, really hard conversation. And it was hard to ask for permission to do this, right? When you're, you know, 20 years old. So long story short, I, I looked at schools and programs that had physical education and baseball down south, and I transferred to Florida State. It was actually between LSU and Florida State. And I chose Florida State, and they had the physical education program, they had the baseball program. And after that, I got drafted from Florida State. And I had another decision do I make, like to make. Do I sign professionally and continue my dream that started when I was six years old? Or do I stay in school and get my education? That was another hard thing. But I, I was like, here's my passion, here's my dream, I'm gonna go for it. So I signed professionally and I played for five seasons, worked my way up through the minor leagues. And then in, I remember on January 18th, 2012, I retired from professional baseball to become a teacher full time. And um, that was a difficult thing. You know, I was all set on making that decision, but when you make that call, it's still difficult. And I remember um, calling Mike Bell, our director of player development, and when I made the call, my, like your heart started, to, my heart started to race and think like, is this really the right decision? But it, it, it was, and I went back to Wisconsin River Falls, got my education and became a teacher. I was set on teaching. I liked the purpose and the impact and balance that it provided. I went overseas and taught in Saudi Arabia for two years. I moved to Dubai, was teaching, got an uh, opportunity to become an administrator, still stayed connected with baseball in the summertime, coaching the Cape Cod Baseball League. And so I would teach during the school year and then the summer I would coach. And then in 2018 or 19, the Giants called me, San Francisco Giants called me and said, hey, instead of going to the Cape for the summer, can you come work for us? And I said, well, I, I have a great teaching job or job here in Dubai. As long as it doesn't impact my schedule there, no problem. So I went out and, and worked for the Giants for the summer. 
and I went back to Dubai, I kept my teaching job, and the next year they said, hey, can you manage our team um, for the summer? And I thought, oh, this isn't going to work. I'm going to miss spring training and all these dates. It's unfair. And they said, don't worry about it. We really want you to get this experience. So I managed in 2019, and then I went back to Dubai, and I'm thinking, okay, the next year it's either going to be join us full time, or they're respectfully going to move on. Right, like you kind of need to choose what you want to do. So in 2019, a new manager gets hired for the Giants, and I get a call and I get interviewed to join the major league coaching staff. And luckily, our manager, Gabe Kapler, went a little bit non traditional because usually he, you hire people who have major league experience, and I didn't have that. I played up to AAA, but he went a little non traditional and looked for more diversity people with a lot of different experiences to fill his, his staff. And I got hired in January of 2020 to join the major league team full time. So for the last couple of years, this will be my third season. I'm lucky enough to do something I'm really passionate about, work for the Giants full time. And so when people ask me about this, I think it's quite ironic. I had this dream and passion of becoming a major leaguer as a player, as an athlete. And I never did that. But what's ironic about this is when, when you're a player, an athlete, the journey's about you a lot. Like it's about your skills and what you can bring. But now as a coach, the journey is less about me and it's about serving everyone else. Sure. And actually for me to get to do that at the highest level is quite humbling. It mm -hmm. kind of fits me better. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing my passion, my childhood dream at the highest level, but it's not really about me. It's about me serving everybody else sure. to optimize our team's performance. And so that's why I'm really lucky to be doing what I'm doing mm -hmm. every single day. Yeah. Teaching and coaching. Teaching and coaching. And now this season you're going to be? Third base coach. The third base coach. Yeah, so that's another humbling thing for me. And I'm excited and humbled both for the opportunity. And I think in the positions I've had in baseball, I said this earlier, the, my favorite two positions I've been able to have is managing and coaching third base. I just feel like the impact you can make is so large, right, on the game. Mm -hmm. um, when I got hired for third base coach, I said this answer, but when we talk about the impact you can make, it's not only to the team, but it's to the, 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 the community. And like the community at this level is the San Francisco Giant fan base. Well, now we're talking about millions and millions of people with the decision that you make either to try to score a run sure. <laughs> or not. Mm -hmm. And that's humbling and exciting that you can perhaps bring joy mm -hmm. with your preparation and your process mm -hmm. by trying to make the best decision in real time possible yeah. for that community of people, mm -hmm. that team, and then now it's the Giants community. Yeah, well, go Giants! Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully yeah, there you they're going to either be getting a lot of cheers or a lot of booze, so yeah. we'll see. Very true. So I know you have an awesome family and they lived in Barron for probably 11, 12 years. And your dad was a superintendent and your mom's a fire teacher. So can you talk a little bit about your family? I know you have some siblings. Yeah, so I totally don't think I'd be where I'm at without my family and the special. We're still close today. I have two brothers and one sister. When I think about our, and my brother played division one baseball. So like not very often does one kid get an athletic scholarship and they had two. And I think about like why, what happened? Yeah, maybe we were athletic and talented, but I still think there's some other things that had to happen. And a lot of that is the environment that we grew up in with our parents, just being really supportive and passionate about giving us opportunities to do something we're passionate about. I mean, I think even my dad with the Barron Area School District and the mission talked about people going after their dreams. And mm -hmm. it seems a bit cliche and a big idea, but now we have people from Barron in particular that have dreams 
maybe to be a musician, for example, mm -hmm. and they go after them. They pursue mm -hmm. them relentlessly with objective reality benchmarks around the way. And that's what I tell people, like pursue your passions relentlessly, look at things objectively with reality. Somebody could be like, well, I wanna be an NBA basketball player. Well, if you're not hitting some of these objective benchmarks, well, maybe you can get involved in a different way. Sure. Right, or if you wanna be a musician, but you just don't have the voice mm -hmm. to sing or play, or, maybe you can be involved in a different way. It doesn't mean you're not, you can't be in that field or that passion. Sure. So I, I do challenge them to look at things with reality, but I do encourage them to pursue something they're passionate about and go mm -hmm. after it relentlessly. Don't put limitations on yourself because I think that's when you settle. So back to the family, super supportive and very thankful for them. Brad had a great baseball career at Ohio, Ohio State. And my sister is teaching overseas and my older brother also teaching. So. Um, very lucky I grew up with that type of support, and they still support a lot today. Yeah, the mission statement of the Barron School District is, you know, reach for those dreams and make a positive impact on the world. Always gave us kind of a license, you know, for people to pursue whatever, which is always cool, and it's very much supported now. There was many times that we could ask the kids in school what our mission statement was, they could repeat it. Mm -hmm. It gave people a license just to kind of go after their dreams, so it's very cool. So now we had a great summary of your career and your personal journey, and I want to ask you a few questions just regarding Barron High School. In hindsight, is there one thing you wish you would have done differently when you were in high school? I guess like differently is tough because you are the person you are with the experiences that you get, right? And so I'm thankful for even, let's say I made some mistakes in high school. Those were lessons that I learned that made me the person I am today. So would I make different decisions? Yes and no, but I'm thankful for the decisions I made because they, they made me sure. who I am today. On the flip side, like holistically, I would have taken my academics much more seriously. Right, My passion was sport, I shared that with you. I wasn't really focused on academics that much. I didn't connect with the content or material. I didn't like to read. And I just kind of was going to school to play sports. And if I could go back, I would try to connect with education a little bit earlier. I would have tried to read things and been a little bit more studious and academic earlier so I didn't have to work so hard later. It wasn't until after I retired that I understood the, like the true value of academics, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember I never even went to the library. Illinois, Chicago, I never went to the library. Florida State, never went to the library. I retired and I go to Wisconsin River Falls and that was the first time I went to the, the library. library. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so, you know, I got my bachelor's degree, which I'm thankful for. And then right after I got my master's degree and I wasn't sure I was going to get a degree. And now I have a bachelor's yeah. and an MBA and maybe even looking at like a PhD one day. That education gives you foundation to impact people mm -hmm. and it's a kind of an investment in yourself. So I, I guess th that's a long answer to say I'd go back and just take my academics sure. a lot mm -hmm. more serious. Yeah, I remember you were a PAL member, so that might be helping you now like with some of those social skills and things like that. Other things that you were in high school, for some reason I remember the kids teasing you because when you lived overseas you were in choir. We'd always try to get you to sing, but you didn't want to sing Right. Anymore. I could keep the singing to myself okay. <laughs> in, the, right. in the shower. But PAL was really, it's a cool thing. And I think that's another thing that you can do is like, you're in a community in high school and how can you impact your community? You mm -hmm. know, and I just think when you're young, you don't think that way that quickly sometimes. Mm -hmm. I was thankful that the Somalians came into our community to help. They have great opportunities with mainly at that time with the turkey store, Geneo Foods. Rural Northwest Wisconsin, predominantly white farmers, and you got Somalians from a different culture, different race, religion, coming into like 
the, that community, how are you going to integrate them? And so to be part of that integration was actually kind of cool. Yes. And that's that's probably the thing I was like looking back on my time at Barron. That's probably the thing I was mm -hmm. most proud of mm -hmm. is those moments when I stuck up for them, mm -hmm. you know, for a behavior that was just disrespectful because mm -hmm. he's a teammate. Those are moments that helped us come together mm -hmm. as a community. I think when you talk to most high school kids, they're going to tell you now too that that has made them you know, a richer culture, just because they know they go off to college with those experiences of a totally different culture. So yeah, we're lucky. We were fortunate to have them part of our community. It's still very much growing strong. That's very good. Active, That's good to very hear. Very active in a lot of school organizations now. So is there anything else you'd like to say or share a message with high school kids? I mentioned it earlier. Pursue your passions relentlessly, even if it's intimidating or scary to admit what they are to yourself. Like I shared, I never shared what my true dream was. People knew I liked sports. Mm -hmm. But like to become a major leaguer, that's mm -hmm. that's a lofty goal, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't want to come out and say, well, I want to be a major leaguer. People are going to be like, are you serious? You really mm -hmm. want to do that? But I would encourage them to pursue their passions relentlessly and look at things objectively, as I mentioned, throughout their journey. And then have academics as their foundation to pursue their passion. So I use athletics as my passion to pursue, you know, to pursue. Sure. Instead, I would have had academics as my foundation to pursue my passion. So that's that's the advice I would give people. And then when people tell you, no, you can't do that, that's just one person's perspective. And you're going to hit adversity and you're going to hit people to say, I don't think you can do that. And then at that time, you have a choice. You can listen to that one perspective or you can figure out an alternative solution, you know, to like overcome a challenge or, or that person. So I remember I was told, no, you can't even play Division One baseball because you're too small. In my, my perspective, I was like, I don't see it like that. So mm -hmm. I had a choice. I could have listened to that or I could have continued sure. to work for things. So I would challenge people that when they do hit adversity or hit that barrier to continue to pursue something they're passionate about, basically exemplify grit, what we study now, passion and perseverance towards a long-term goal, and go after it go after their dreams and they'll sleep well knowing that they went after something mm -hmm. really well um, and if they don't then they'll probably wonder what if I would have tried this and that would be my advice to the young people is just pursue their passions relentlessly and and then once they pursue something passionately above all is try to make an impact to their community in a positive way like that's why we do what we do mm -hmm. is just to be a good person and so you you develop whatever passion or whatever field you're in and use your skills to help other people. That's what this is all about. And that would be my advice to this like high schooler. Great. So this is a part of the podcast that we usually say, is there any special projects you're working on or something that you want to share? And maybe you want to just put a little plug in there for the Giants. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of um, community projects. We have a Junior Giants project going into different communities and giving people opportunities to pursue passions. You know, one thing for me that I was fortunate enough to do was travel around the world, and we did a lot of service trips around the world. I had a chance to travel to Cambodia twice, Nepal and Hong Kong, but one of the things that opened my perspective, my eyes to things, was just clean water usage, having clean water in rural countries, developing countries. And when you think about that, like maybe that's something we take for granted here is just clean water. I think one of the things I'm, I'm considering is how do, we, how do we get more clean water to people around the world, especially in developing countries? Is that too much to ask for? Like a well can cost between $200 and $500, you know, depending on how far they have to drill down to get, but it could supply water to a village of 50 to 60 people. Sure. 
And so that's something that I'm passionate about. But I'm also very like mindful of not jumping into projects or initiatives too quickly. And I want the significance to be have impact on as many people as possible. So um, right now, that's where my, you know, where I'm looking to figure out ways to raise awareness, perhaps some money to supply resources to different people around the world. You do that, and then some people are like, well, we got a lot of issues here as well that we could help with. So why are you going somewhere else when you could be helping here? I just think, you know, the food, water, shelter type of thing is important for a lot of people don't even have access to that. So do you have something set up already that people could go to, or eventually could you give me something that we yes, could put I, on Yeah, I could. So, so I have some contacts in Cambodia. That's mm -hmm. the other thing, how you work through with people to mm -hmm. make sure that the money and the resources mm -hmm. go to the right places. So it, I have some contacts in Cambodia, but we don't use a like a non-for-profit website that you go in and sign sure. up and just okay. send money to. I need to meet the person where that money is going to go more than just sending it. Sure. So I have some contacts that I'd be happy okay. to share. All right, that'd be great. Okay, is there anything else, Mark, you'd like to share about this podcast since you're on the spotlight right now? <laughs> no, I mean, I just thanks for having me on. It's it's cool, and I I said this at my um, when I got inducted to the Hall of Fame, like the barren people in the community, like where you come from, makes you the person you are today. So I'm very thankful for my time in Barron, even though maybe I didn't show that when I was there, but looking back on it, very thankful now that. It was a big part of who I am today, and I'm thankful for those experiences. So, yeah, just thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks a lot, Mark. 2004 grad. Yes. And now I'm um, the third base coach for the San Francisco Giants. So this wraps up another episode of the Barron Alumni Podcast Series. Please keep checking the Barron Year Education webpage or Facebook page for future podcasts. So thank you. All right. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Barron Alumni Podcast Series, courtesy of the Barron Area Education Foundation, featuring your host, Linda McCunda. This episode has been brought to you by Tom Kozier at WJMC, WAQE, and Fox 991 Radio out of Rice Lake, Northwest Wisconsin's most listened to local radio stations. You can give them a call at 715-234-2131 or visit their websites at wjmcradio.com waqe.com and fox99.com.